Hey, what's up, guys? I uh, hope you guys are out there. You guys know who this is, right? Tom Hung Tran at from Stronger Mom Properties. He is the chief operating officer and the co-founder of Stronger Mom Properties. And I'm sure you guys have seen him doing a lot of YouTube videos and seen him in uh, the Bay Area, definitely doing a lot of flips and house hacking. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with house hacking, but Tom's going to talk a lot about that today. And we're going to learn from him. Uh, he's been in business for over 12, 13 years, you said? 12 years? Yeah, yeah, over 12 years now. Over 12 years as an agent, uh, was previously agent for Keller Williams and some uh, other companies. And now he's been focusing a lot on flipping and house hacking. So let's learn more about Tom. How's yeah, it going? Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me here, Matthew. Very excited to uh, share my entire 12 years of experience in one hour. So I'll share <laughs> as much as possible. Uh, you've definitely done a lot. So we're happy to see what you're going to share to us with us today. Yeah. So how did you get started in uh, real estate anyways? Yeah, so I, I started um, because I read two things. I, I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's one. And then my brother, um, David, was also in real estate. He actually moved from Bay Area to Sacramento to uh, start his real estate career. And he opened up a Century 21 office at a very uh, early age himself. So he, he was always very driven. Um, he opened up a Century 21 office. And then I saw him making money in real estate. I saw him driving nice cars, um, big houses. So I was like, wow, this is cool. I want to be in this type of business. Um, so I moved from here to Sacramento to follow his path. Yeah. Nice. So you followed his path and you uh, were agent. How long were you agent at Century 21? Yeah, so I was around 20 years old when I got my license. I was still in college. Um, so I've been licensed ever since 20. Um, I started as a real estate agent, showing houses, and the, the interesting thing was um, uh, I bought my first house during college. Nice. During college, yeah, I was able to get a loan and all that. So I really like uh, real estate. I really like the business. I like making my own money. I didn't want to work for anyone. Uh, before that, I was working at a teriyaki restaurant, making like $10 an hour. Mm. Yeah, the best thing about that was that I get to eat as much teriyaki as I want. <laughs> That's pretty uh, good. Yeah, but I barely paid my bills. So when I closed my first commission, it was like six thousand dollars. I was like, "Wow, this is this is not bad." Should I finish college? I had one semester left, or should I keep on trying to make money in real estate? So I decided just to pursue real estate all the way. All the way, nice. Yeah, you don't need to finish college. Just like one last one last semester. It's okay, you know. <laughs> You're not going back for that, right? <laughs> one day, maybe when like when I'm fifty with a lot of free time, I'll go back to college. Just finish that one thing. Just to serve sure. it for the kids later, right? Like I did it. Sure. Yeah, I'm like 50 years old and I did it, right? Yeah. yeah. Nice. So you were you were doing that for uh, quite a while, Century 21, and then later you moved to Keller Williams. Yeah. So Century 21, um, we at that time it was 2008, 2009. We were we were just selling houses. Then the market crashed, right? Everyone everyone knows what happened when the market crashed. A lot of bank-owned properties. Um, so we actually sold. We actually applied for like Bank of America, Chase, all of them to be there their listing agent, my brother David applied and he actually got the uh, contract. So very, very lucky in a way, right? Sometimes you get lucky in life. If you keep on trying, you only get lucky when you keep on trying. He applied maybe for like a thousand times and there's thousand other applicants that applied too. So we got lucky, we got in the door, sold one house, sold another house. The next thing you know, we sold like 500 uh, bank owned houses in Sacramento. So we sold a lot of bank owned houses, but uh, what I saw was the opportunity. A lot of these people were buying houses for like fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, and the cheap. rents, yeah, super cheap. And the the rents were twelve hundred, so you get all your money back in like a couple of years if you bought it for fifty thousand. So it always made sense to buy a house in Sacramento because you're buying below replacement costs, and the cash flow covers your loan. So that's what intrigued me into wanting to own a house. So that's when I bought my first house for one hundred twenty thousand. Um, and I actually use student loans to help leverage. I'm not Damn. sure if I can share that, but <laughs> since I mean, it's good. You, you, yeah. you got to do whatever you can to make it happen, right? That's, that's creative financing. <laughs> Very creative. That's a smart yeah. move for you to do that during that time period. I'm sure a lot of people thought of, some people thought about it, but you actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, my student loan helped me cover the 3% down payments for FHA financing. So that's how I got my first house, FHA financing. Um, and then after that, we started looking at the core steps, looking for houses to flip, um, because as REO agents, we can't buy our own inventory. So we have to buy uh, 
other people's inventory. So we went to the core steps. We were buying houses for a hundred thousand, selling for a hundred fifty, very light remodel. So we didn't make a lot of money. It's not like huge spreads. Um, so that was around 2012, 2013. And then I saw all my friends in the Bay Area. They were selling million dollar houses, like 800, 900, a million. Their commission was like the same thing as our flip. So <laughs> that's why I was so, I was so um, interested in the Bay Area market. I was like, wow, one commission is how much we make on an entire flip. That's great. So that's why I wanted to move down here in uh, 2014. Okay, so before we yeah. jump into that, let's talk about a few things you just mentioned. Uh, you mentioned the first thing that I think everyone needs to read. If you haven't read or listened to uh, or watched YouTube on Rich Dad Poor Dad, that's one of the major key points that I think a lot of people need to read, reread, and reread it again because it yeah. really talks about the financial models and the way to think about the big picture of creating that wealth, right? The passive income, the wealth, the generation of money, and how to use and leverage money to yeah. make money, right? And make money while you sleep. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's a great book. It's a great eye opener. It just makes you think. Um, beyond beyond just school and and making money regularly, yeah. So I really like that book. I don't think uh, many people have all read it and really sat down and thought about it. Like some people yeah. read it and listened to it, but they didn't sit there and think about it. And like yeah. think about he just told you the told you the answers to the key principles of real estate sure. and investing, but yeah. who who actually takes action on those? Uh, what he just said, right? Right. Like, remember he talked about tax liens. Remember he talked about real estate. You know, talked about investing. Just talked about the growth, right? And yeah. like understanding that, but like looking at it again, it, it makes sense and it matters and you're doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he doesn't give you the, the, the exact, uh, I guess, steps to do it. Mm -hmm. but he makes you think to get to get in the process of thinking about cash flow, something just simple as cash flow. Are you making cash flow each month? So yeah. understanding your numbers is really important. And then how did you get to thinking about and understanding those numbers? Yeah, so I always wanted to uh, buy a house. Um, what I saw in Sacramento really opened up my eyes because I saw a lot of people buy nice houses, 600,000, 700,000, million, big houses on the golf course. But when the market crashed, they couldn't make their payments. So let's say their payments were like 3,000 a month. They couldn't even make that because they, were making, they weren't making any money. So everyone around us in our real estate community in Sacramento lost their house. And even in the Bay Area, I know a lot of people that lost their house. So I always wanted to think of a way how to own a house um, without worrying about payments. So that's always on my mind. How do I own a house without worrying about payments? Or can I rent out some of it? Worst case scenario. So that's what made me think about house hacking. Yeah, so so house hacking is, is, is something that uh, we just did recently in, in the last couple of years. Um, the house that we came across, uh, it was in Santa Clara. We just saw it on the MOS. It's, it's a nine bedroom house in Santa Clara. Yeah, it's nice. all permitted and everything, 3,000 square feet. Yeah. That's a great way because when you think about this too, and you start talking about the finances and understanding your numbers, and when you're saying, for example, Sacramento, you're being able to buy a house 100000 What was yeah. the mortgage on a $100,000 house over there during, the that, during that time? Uh, let's say like six hundred dollars for mortgage. Okay, so mortgage, <laughs> mortgage tax, insurance, like twelve hundred dollars, maybe roughly. So like eight hundred, nine hundred for everything. For everything, nine hundred. Okay, and then how much could you rent it for? We could rent it for twelve hundred at the time. So you imagine that basically you're kind of like burning the property. You're buying yeah. a property at hundred k. You're paying a mortgage PITI, which is principal interest tax insurance, around nine hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars a month, which is unheard right. of. Right. And you're being able to rent it out for twelve hundred dollars a month. That yeah. means your your net cash is three hundred dollars a month positive. Mm -hmm. So imagine yeah. if you buy five, ten homes, right? And it you adds go, well, it adds up really quickly. But some people say, well, there's risks involved, and yeah. the risk is something can happen to the house, something happens to tenancy. But if you think about it, what's the chances of equity going up really quickly, right? Yeah. And the house, how how far can it go down from a hundred thousand? Yeah, Not that far it can go right. up. Exactly, a couple of houses go up, you can make a lot of money really quickly. Yep, yep, yeah. That's, that's the power of real estate. So I bought it ten years ago, and now it's probably worth three hundred, four hundred thousand, just like that. Just like that, right? Yeah. And that's faster than working. Who wants to work a normal job and have to just <laughs> on employment income, right? Right. When yeah, you can exactly. get a house. So that's a big part of um, house hacking. And that's just the start of it, of what you mentioned before. That's just the start of like seeing the big picture of how to generate real wealth from real estate, right? Right, right. And then the key, the, the key, I guess, um, something that we learn over time is actually holding it makes more money than flipping it. 
So we flipped a lot of houses in Sacramento, maybe like 20 houses, and we made average 25,000 net each one. But imagine if we kept all those 20 houses and now it's worth triple. <laughs> exactly. I think uh, David Green mentioned that too in right. one of his podcasts that he looks back and he burned all these properties, like two hundreds of them. He's like, I wish yeah. I could have just kept them all <laughs> and taken that and grew the equity from there and just kept leveraging each one to buy yeah. your next one yeah. rather than flipping and selling it. Right. So you just start burning it and holding it indefinitely. Yep. And what you, what you can create is a infinite return, hopefully. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we like flipping houses. We still flip houses in the Bay Area, um, but if we if we can hold it. We'll try to hold it as well. Um, but we only hold the house hacks. So house hacks can generate double the market income as far as the rental. So, for example, the Santa Clara house we bought for a million. Um, let's say a typical house in Santa Clara can rent for four thousand, four thousand a month, four to five thousand, right? Um, yeah. but, but hypothetical, if we rented out every single room for a thousand bucks, that's $9,000, right? Yeah. So, so potentially we could get double the market rents, um, in the Bay area. Um, but that house, we actually, we actually, uh, kept it. We kept it to live in. So I live in a couple, four of the, four of the bedrooms I keep to myself. And then we only rent out three of the bedrooms upstairs. And it covers the entire or most of the mortgage. It used to cover the entire mortgage with Airbnb, but it slowed down. So now it covers most of the mortgage, which is still not bad. Nice. Let's jump into that in a second. We have a question from Juan. Mm -hmm. uh, he mentioned, how would you keep all those houses when the market was crashing and lenders were not lending? Yeah. You have any ideas on that? Um, I, I joined, so I joined real estate when the market was already crashing. So I, I bought it after. I bought it after. So that's the key. Buy after it crashes. Then you can keep that's it. True. That's but, true. And for me, sorry, for me, what I did too, during the time, I actually joined uh, real estate in 07 when I was 24. I bought my first San Francisco house. Um, the way I saw it was the market was crashing and we yeah. knew that lending was getting tighter. But what you look at too is the financing you have in place, the hopefully the buying power of the buyers, the investors to be able to yeah. buy. And yeah. if you calculate your numbers correctly, even in, in a crashing market, if you can find good tenants who have good jobs, hopefully, but not good down payments to buy a house, mm -hmm. you can stabilize the building. The next yeah. trick is how do you buy the next building? It gets a little bit trickier and yeah. you have to leverage more and hopefully you can uh, join forces with other flippers, yeah. other investors and try to build. But if the market's going down and you mm -hmm. can find great properties and during 08, there's so many great properties to buy if yeah. you can afford to buy it. Right. And you can make really good money. Like I bought some really good deals for my clients and they made a lot of money. I wish yeah. I had more money during that time too to buy more, sure. but you know, you can't buy everything, right? Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I guess maybe maybe something is happening. If if the market does crash again and it's hard to get funding, we have to raise a lot of private money or go hard money just for temporary, five year term, ten year term, just to try to buy everything because it's all about access to capital. I think, yeah, like you said, cash is king and it's access to capital and whether that's through individual joint uh, joint ventures, um, syndications, or just private uh, hard money loans, there's yeah. options, right? And some people even did credit cards and they're crazy, but they did credit cards to get the really good properties, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or we have to borrow Juan's money Juan's <laughs> for us. Yeah, we'll borrow your money, Juan. All right. So we, do that. we understand that during that time period, it's not easy. And it's not easy for anyone to go three, five, 10 homes, 20 homes at a time. Yeah. You just use what you can use and yeah. buy what you can buy and try to be safe while you're playing. Right. And right. Making good investments, right? Mm hmm. Or, so, or partnerships. Yeah. Partnerships too. And we'll talk about that soon too. Cause you mentioned, I, I know you're doing partnerships and other uh, ventures in terms of house hacking. So let's go back to your Santa Clara property. Um, you're saying that you can double the amount of rental like the investment, right? The rental yeah. incomes. Yeah. How, how do you do that? Yeah. The, the main thing is uh, because it has a lot of rooms. So it's, it's kind of like having extra units. So most houses only have three to four bedroom, five bedroom, but this particular house had nine bedrooms and it's, it's all permitted and everything. So nine bedrooms. So we just have more rooms to rent. That's how it is. More units. Nice. Yeah. That's a great way too. And I learned from a lot of investors nowadays in 2020 and 2019 or even 2018, people are increasing the room count ra rather than increasing the, just the household itself. And yeah. they're using the room count as a way to get higher rental incomes. And they're, for example, basing it on, depending on area, $1,500 a month rent per room yeah. as an yeah. example. Mm -hmm. And 
that's really good because really quickly three bedrooms is already 4500 yeah. and if you go four bedrooms it's 6000 but yeah. if you had a million dollar house and you're saying you want 5% equity or 5% mm -hmm. a cap rate you're already going to hit that with a four bedroom yeah yeah yep exactly and now people are converting their garage to a attached ADU um, you can build a separate ADU but that costs a lot of money so it's much cheaper to build a bedroom in your house rather than build an entire ADU so I always tell people before adding on ADU, just add on a bedroom first, maximize your current floor plan first, and then put ADU. I, yeah, I, I would agree because I think a lot of people, investors are looking, for example, can I find 1,200 square feet, 1,500, 2,000 plus? The more square footage I find, yeah. I start looking at how can I maximize the space to create right. more bedrooms in it, whether I need to move walls, move closets, move bathrooms. If I can get more bedrooms, then you definitely get a lot more value quickly. Yeah. And as long as the, the living room, dining room, kitchen feel comfortable, then they're okay because they're not really utilizing it as much as bedrooms. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a smart way to house hack because you're you can get some really good rental really quickly yeah yep yep extra dining room or extra family room those are all perfect bedrooms and the ones that kind of face the corners on the outside you can create a separate door for the entry it's a very very easy setup like a sliding doors and you have yeah. the keys with that and then there you go here's your entrance right <laughs> yeah exactly those are the fun ways to do things. And I'm sure people are asking, okay, well, you do that. And how, how's the living situation for people? Yeah, so, so for us, we're, we're kind of creative. Um, we have separate entrances, so we rarely see each other. So that's the goal, try to find a house that can have separate entrance. So we don't bump into each other. Um, I don't share a kitchen with them. So they have their own side, I have my side. We don't, we don't uh, share a kitchen, we don't share a bathroom. Um, it's just... It's just the rentable areas on their side, and then they stay on their side. Nice, and that's a really good use of Airbnb too. Right before COVID, Airbnb was people who are doing Airbnbs were killing it yeah. because of the fact that you can have so many rooms, bedroom, bathrooms, and usage, and have being good areas and yeah. have higher rental incomes, and you're still under one household. Right. <laughs> Do those design those rooms to be really nice and easy access? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We stage your houses, uh, even for our regular rentals, um, the regular room rentals, month to month. We stage it. We put a bed, we put a, a TV, we put a mini fridge, we put an office table. Basically, it's, it's, it's like an Airbnb. It's like a hotel, just a long term stay hotel. Nice. Yeah. That's actually really good because kind of like the way you're building it that way, I'm sure your numbers are crazy, um, astronomical compared to just normal, uh, you know, single leases mm -hmm. and just dealing with, you know, that, that just lock in period. And, and no, normally people don't rent to five, 10 bedrooms. They rent like, you know, three bedroom, four bedrooms, right? Yeah. So yep. then the numbers change quickly. And then I'm sure you guys are calculating everything, you know, re really quickly. When you see houses, I see you posting all the time about uh -huh. opportunities on Facebook and uh, all the groups you're on and moderating on, but you're talking yeah. about here's some houses, here's the options, here's the square footage. And based on these kind of general numbers, it, it might be a good house hack, right? Yeah. Yeah. We love to share the concept. A lot of people still don't quite understand the concept. Um, so the key is you want a big house, 2,000 square feet, and you want it a low price point, about a million. Um, that way your cost basis is not that much each month. So our, our million dollar house in Santa Clara, at first we bought it with hard money. So that was expensive. That was like seven, 8,000 a month just to pay the hard money. And then we we're able to convert that to a regular conventional loan. Yeah, regular conventional loan. So now the payments are like five or 6,000. Property tax is about 1,000 or 1,500. So our cost basis is low. That way you don't have to put out that money, that much money each month. For worst case scenario, what if everyone moves out? What if, what if one person gets COVID and everyone moves out, right? So you have to be prepared for worst case scenario. So you want a low cost basis, five to 8,000 a month. Um, so that's generally the price point of 1, 1 million, 1.1, 1.2. Um, you could do it with higher price point, but you just need more bedrooms to offset it. But I like to stay low. Um, so our, our Facebook group, Bay Area House Hackers, I'm always posting deals that I would personally buy, that I would, I would like to buy, um, but we're just out of resources. I can't qualify for a loan, things like that. So I want to share with everyone that they can do it themselves too. It just takes a little bit of creativity to kind of reconfigure the floor plan and a little bit of property management skill to be able to live there and rent out the rooms while you're living there too. Yeah, but it's 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 a great way to 
own a house for a first-time home buyer. That is a great way. Actually, let's talk about that too, because you mentioned a couple of things at first, and the thing you mentioned was that um, you know using your resources and then also um, educating people on the options to do this. And uh, part of that too is they they can. Act, I see people actually doing house hacking with you, right? Right, right. Yeah. So we actually team up. Um, so each each house we have a, have a partner. Um, so let's say Railroad City, I have a partner on that one. Um, and then they put in money or they, they lend me money or, yeah. So we have different partnerships on each house. Yeah. So right now we only have four, the Santa Clara one, Railroad City, um, downtown and San Jose. So it's, it's kind of hard to scale unless we have more money and, and more people that qualify for the loan. Okay. So in terms of that scaling ability is just by, you know, creating more events, education, and more um, just teaching about what you guys are doing and being mm -hmm. well known and being out there so that people can learn about house hacking, can learn how to work with you guys and uh, be educated on what it, what you guys are doing, how to do it, how they can do it, and how they can do it with you if it, if yeah. it makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. But pulling resources together, you're able to help people who want to buy a house, who want to be a part of a house hacking group where you're joining in helping with a remodeling construction they're helping with get the loan set up and qualifying for it and then once they move in you can always get uh additional renters to rent out the rooms yeah. and then hopefully become profitable on that and hold it for x years before selling it right yeah exactly exactly the way the way we see it is that uh, we're teaching people how to save a million dollars so let's say for example if you most mortgages are around five thousand dollars right five thousand most mortgages yeah so let's say if you can actually save five thousand a month because you're renting out the rooms, you're getting money to pay the mortgage. So you're saving five thousand a month. So what's five thousand times twelve? Sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. So what's sixty thousand times ten years? Ten years pass by very quick, right? I'm ready really, to take real estate. Really quick, yeah. <laughs> so what's sixty thousand times ten? Six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand. So what's 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 that times twenty? Uh, one point two million, right? One point two. Yeah. So 20, we can trade. Well, yeah, in 20 years, if we can save someone $1.2 million in the span of 20 years, right? That's a million dollar savings. Yep. And that's after tax dollars. So. <laughs> that goes really quickly. And I don't think, not, I don't know if everyone actually realizes how fast that goes and how much money that can become. Right. And I think one thing too, like you mentioned the goal, like even for me, my goal has always been around a million dollar price points because like you said, uh, if you take 5%, cap rate yeah. that's five thousand dollars a month right on average five thousand dollars a month so is it easy to get if you can find a house and get three bedrooms or four bedrooms preferably yeah. but if you can say you rent three bedrooms you live in one you're yeah. only paying, you're only paying five hundred dollars a month rent right, right. your principal and each bedroom is paying fifteen hundred dollars but yeah. in essence you're saving you know forty five hundred dollars a month times by 12 times by 10 years yeah and you're paying that principal back down really quickly yeah and Today, the loans are super cheap. You see the loans in the low twos or high twos and low threes right now? Yeah, yeah, very, very low, very low. So now is the best time to do it. Lock in the rate now for the next 20, 30 years. So that means you can you actually have more buying power right now. So you can actually afford more, but yeah. buy bigger, buy a bigger house and get more bedrooms, hopefully, or convert yeah. more bedrooms so that <laughs> you can do it. But if you have a nine bedroom, imagine a nine bedroom times it by $1,500 a month. Yeah. That's like fifteen thousand five hundred dollars. But what's your <laughs> on a nine bedroom? If you said, um, you said earlier, if you're buying a million dollar house or even one point two, and let's just say your mortgage was uh, six thousand, mm -hmm. you're still netting seventy five hundred dollars a month. Right, right, and yeah, doubling, right, More than doubling. <laughs> yeah, if you can get fifteen hundred per bedroom, usually yeah. in the peninsula and San Francisco, you can probably get upwards to that much. Yeah, um, in San Jose, a little bit less. Let's say twelve hundred. Yeah, twelve hundred. Then you're still netting forty eight hundred dollars. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So if you're netting forty eight hundred dollars positive, you can partner with Tom and you guys can split that profit, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Me too. Just add yeah. me. Too. I'll split it with you guys. You know, we can do that. We'll you donate know? to your podcast. <laughs> donate to the podcast. Donate to the real estate investing in syndication. <laughs> we'll put your money into syndication with us. Yeah. That's, yep. even, that's even more fun. <laughs> that's yeah. a great way so how come more people aren't doing that yeah so that's the interesting thing we're trying to teach more and more but there's a lot of reluctance people are concerned i don't want to live with people what about privacy so we try to tell them you can section out the house you don't have to see them kind of like our setup in uh, santa clara uh, there's a door between us but it's always locked so but you can have privacy you're gonna have all that so maybe people aren't used to it 
Yeah. Um, but if you think think about people that live in a townhouse, you're sharing a wall to your left and your right. It's the same. It's the same thing. Yep. Yeah. So I think, I think a part of that too is saying this. Okay. For example, where do you currently live now? You live at home with your parents, or do you live on your own? If you mm-hmm. live on your own, do you live with a roommate already, or are you really yeah. living on your own? Most people live with a roommate unless they're living at home with their parents, right? For right, the most part, because right. the Bay Area is expensive, so you have to live with someone. Yeah. Usually, so wouldn't you rather live with someone who's paying you, or would you rather live with someone you're paying them? You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't think about it that way, but. I think that's one way I would phrase it to them and say, hey, realize this. For example, if you're young or if you're, tr- you're, you're being aggressive in real estate and you want to grow quicker, do you want to work a normal job, get paid 60, 100, 150K a year, depending on where you live? Or do you want to have build passive income? Like you just mentioned, if you're getting $4,500 a month in passive income rent and yeah. you're just living with someone, you don't have to be there all the time. You can go right. somewhere else. And mm-hmm. you know, that is really quick money and the fact that it's paying down principal and interest and building equity and hopefully um you're taking some tax savings on it that's actually worth a lot more right than the the physical 4800 or 4500 right yep yep yeah we can spin it like that and then i like i like two two two-story houses so two-story houses can actually be very comfortable so you barely see them kind of like this one right here this is two-story uh in this example right here in, in san jose um, our house hacker is Bruce, and um, he has his family living here. Nice. Uh, small fa- his wife, his small family, his his kids only like a year old, but it works even for a small family. It actually works because everyone has their own space. Every room has its own bathroom, so you don't have to worry about like sharing bathrooms and things like that. It's only um, a shared kitchen area, which everyone is very responsible and cleans up after themselves. I think you can you can really find some good responsible roommates, especially at different price points. You can mm-hmm. find some good people to live with and who want, who want to be a part of that, and even communities. And if you look at it too, there are even startups based on uh, co sharing, right? Co sharing yeah. houses, and right. those companies are actually like Star City was trying to buy their own condominiums, developments, and hotels, and utilize yeah. that space as co sharing. But yeah. hacking is a form of co sharing, right? Yeah. Yep. Star City is huge. Star yeah, City is huge. They're building the largest co-living building in the world right now in, in uh, San Jose, 800 units. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, damn, <laughs> can't wait to see how that goes. But yeah. know, right now, right now, 2020 is a little bit trickier because people, some people are actually moving away from it because they're like, yeah. well, I don't want to live with people because I don't know if them how they deal with COVID and everything going on. Right. But for the most part, people are still, I've been living with you for a while. I trust you. Just right, right. You know? Yeah, there's still that part of it, but in general, there is a lot of co uh, co living companies out there who are doing that model in a different way. They're actually leasing instead of buying houses, they're leasing the house and re renting it back out and sharing yeah. splitting all the rooms, right? Yep, yep. The model is yeah. different. I rather own it than lease it. <laughs> I rather buy the building, flip it like you, or build it up and yeah. then keep it for the equity and the rental income. Yep, yeah. We like to own it as well, so we want to try to own everything. Um, yeah, the, the the I think there's always a demand for room rentals because it's the first place that you can afford when you're moving out. So you really have two options: one, rent an apartment, or two, share a room. For most people that can't buy a house, right? Yeah. Most people that can't afford an apartment will go rent a room. And if you're renting a room, you want your own bathroom. You want it to be nicely remodeled, and the staging is a bonus if it comes fully furnished. Why not? For about the same price, um, most of our room rentals starts at thirteen fifty, thirteen fifty a month. That's a good number. That's all yeah. number the uh, co living companies are actually using right now. They're using yeah. 50 as a base number. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so you even with that too, oh, sorry, um, okay. even with that too, you see your thirteen fifty a month is actually a really good conservative number that works in the Bay Area. And yeah. think about this: Would you rather uh, rent us a, a studio? Maybe and it costs you fifteen hundred to two thousand, and it's yeah. pretty old, probably pretty old, if, especially if you're in San Francisco. Yeah. Or would you say, hey, I'll live in a nice house, a beautiful backyard. I have some roommates, but I'm only paying thirteen fifty, and it comes furnished. Right. You know, yeah. which one's saving more money, right? Yeah, exactly. You're saving money, and it makes sense. It makes sense because utilities come included, Wi-Fi, everything you need. You don't have to set anything up, so it's it's convenient. I guess that's what it is. It's really convenient that way. And the fact is that you can move quickly. Like, hey, you can just move in, live here, yeah. everything staged, ready to go, like, like a co-living space. Right. But you have this place you can live in a great location, probably better than your own single studio or one bedroom. Yeah. And then you meet meet some cool people, some cool friends, hopefully, and have fun. But 
the numbers make more sense and you save that money that you're saving you use right. that money to invest in your own investments or invest with you guys or other people right yeah yeah <laughs> i would do that if i was single and like 20 year old you know <laughs> yeah yeah so it works it works and uh, it's a win-win for both win-win for the landlord win-win for the tenant so it's a really good model that we think um can grow we just need we just have to educate more people out there so you got to hop on more podcasts. You got to do more event rights, <laughs> meetups, and then do you're doing your, you know, you're showing how you come up with a, your calculations and you're giving demonstrations and educating people on house hacking. Yeah. That's the way to do it. And just getting your name out there uh, more quickly to everyone out there in whatever space and have them joint venture with you. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we, we teach people they can go either way. They can buy their own and we'll teach them or we can team up since a lot of them are new to real estate. So everything is new to them. Fixing a house is new to them. Um, staging is new to them. Renting it out is new to them. So everything's they're, they're kind of scared, but that's why we like to uh, kind of handhold all the way through. Yeah, because I noticed you guys are actually doing construction too, right? Yes, we, we do a little bit of the construction ourselves. It's, it's kind of fun. We got a little exercise at the same time. We, we can knock out the product faster. So we, yeah, so like cosmetic remodeling and uh, cleaning everything back up, taking a like a house that looks really bad, but you know yeah. it's really good, and just cleaning everything. I've seen some pictures of yours. I'm like, oh, I need to throw up. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you know, that smell, that burning in your eyes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's worth it, right? You can it's see right behind it. the picture. Like, that looks really good. I can see <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. It's fun, but, but when you have bugs crawling all over you, uh, you think twice. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you go about that like you see a house that you guys want to buy you think it's a good investment what's the steps that you guys do or how do you get a house hacker in there and how do you guys buy the house and start remodeling it yeah so right now we're we're buying with hard money because that's the easiest way so we buy with hard money it's usually like 10 to 20 percent down um give you an example our relativity one we bought for a million so imagine this duplex set up 3,000 square feet we bought only for a million um you want to show it oh yeah yeah we, we can show you our uh our relativity let me share a screen real quick yeah let's show you some properties so share a screen so for the guys who are out there listening on podcast make sure you go to youtube.matthewma.com take a look at tom showing his screen right here and yes, we're, we're going to talk about some houses yeah. yeah so this is our favorite one because it's so big it's so big, right? It's, it's 3,000 square feet, two stories. Well, we have two driveways. If you look at the aerial view, yeah, we actually have two driveways, which is so rare, right, in, in Bay Area? Yeah, it is. You can enter here, and then you can enter here. Oh, nice. Yeah, and we didn't even know that when we bought it <laughs> until we cleared out all the trash. We're like, oh, wait, there's another driveway. Uh, they didn't mention that. That's, good. that's a good <laughs> find. That's a bonus. Yeah, that's a huge bonus. So and you have two presses on there, too, so that's nice. Yep. Yeah, a lot of parking, enough for everyone. That's the key. You have to find a house with a lot of parking because if you have six people living together, you don't want people fighting over parking. Unless you're in San Francisco, they're okay with it. They'll take Uber yeah. and Lyft and uh, bicycles, you know? Yeah, that's true. San Francisco is different. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the bedroom. This is our smallest one. So queen-size bed, office, some painting. Um, so let me show you some more bedrooms. We like to put in double sink, so you're gonna see in the bathrooms double sink, um, just in case if we ever wanted to do like double occupancy, we can actually increase the rent, just yeah. for, just for having another person. But we try not to have double occupancy because we don't want too many people in the house. You know, you don't want too much noise at night, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then there might be a third resident in the house. Eight months later. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> this is our uh, kitchen. Okay. Our kitchen right here. This is the Murphy bed that we were testing out. Some of the tenants really like it because it pops up and down. Yeah. Um, a little bit expensive. It's, it's like $2,000. That is nice though. You save space and they feel good. And if you have yeah. a good Murphy bed that doesn't make all the noise, then it's actually really nice. Yep, yep. They can do some yoga. They can uh, hang out. So some That's tenants- That's rental like value that. too because you have that. Right, yep, yep. And this is, this is an example of a kitchen. It's very small. So there used to be a dining room behind the kitchen. So we turned the dining room into a bedroom. So this setup has five bedrooms, uh, five bathrooms, five bedroom, five bathrooms. And this is a duplex. So the, the other side has one bedroom, one bath. So total is six bedrooms, six bath. So nice. let's, say, let's say you rent out five rooms, five rooms, five times average. We're getting, um, we used to get 1800, 
but with the whole COVID, it dropped down a little bit. So we're getting 1,500 bedrooms. So five times 1,500, how much is that? 7,500. 7,500. And we bought this for a million. Okay. Um, we put in a lot of money to fix it because it's two, duplex, two units. So let's mm -hmm. say around 350,000 to fix it. So let's say even if we got a loan for 1.4, a loan for 1.4, the payments will be about 7,000 or so, right? Yeah. Roughly 7,000. Yeah. And then with property tax and all that, uh, maybe eight, 9,000 a month. So we're getting 7,500. Our payments are eight to 9,000. We're not living 100% for free. Mm -hmm. uh, but mostly for free. So let's say the other unit gets to live for free, the one bedroom, one bath, if they wanted to. Or, yeah. Yeah, because technically, for example, if you're even if you're negative 1500, you're not really negative because you have one bedroom, one bath, and that yeah. is equal to $1,500 a month, anyways. Yeah. So, and you're putting that money back into your principal, anyways. And right. all, everything else is like written off as investment property because it's a two unit building, too. So you're writing yeah. at least 50% of it off. Mm -hmm. You're taking your capital improvements from all the remodeling costs into yeah. there. So that's a great way to save money and you're building that wealth really quickly, especially with a two unit. Like I love multi-unit buildings. Those, right. are, your, those are my favorites. Those are prime. Yeah. Especially if it's big, right? This, this yeah. is the biggest duplex I've ever seen. 3,500 square feet. I should have called you four years ago. Like I was actually <laughs> looking at Marina district. Yeah. There was one on um, a street that was really popular street and it was sold, selling for 2.4 million, right? Yeah. Couldn't catch eight unit building, four units are vacant. The other four units have low rent, right? Yeah. So like, but at two point four million, it didn't matter. It's next 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 door to Union Street. You uh, could have bought it, remodeled every four units for fifty thousand dollars at least minimum each one. Yeah. Hold it and just increase the rents over time. But you have I think it had six car parking lot too, and the corner uh, building. It had yeah. a deck. We should have bought that for two point four, and then yeah. just rented everything else out for like what seven? Let's say six thousand minimum, seven thousand per unit. Yeah, yeah. You're already covering, and the other units at low rents, it didn't matter. It would just, right. just hold it forever. You're still gonna be at a. Yeah. Uh, positive cash flow it's still covered and the equity is probably worth four million now five hundred thousand a door easily yeah at least at least yeah. uh, i would say it's probably you probably hit six after the other tendencies yeah man yeah and i'll call you the next one let's do that <laughs> find us the exact same deal now yeah i found a few of those damn we'll, <laughs> we'll get some back later that's right, that's right. We'll, do, we'll do that i'll find i'll find it i'll find, figure a way to finance for us yeah <laughs> but damn right that you mentioned possibility with that there's so many opportunities to do it and if you find yeah. good deals and the numbers like you just said it makes sense right mm -hmm. yeah there's, yeah. Al there's always a deal somewhere we just have to find it right there's always yeah. a deal, and then how do we maximize it so we try to maximize every, each room um we, we kind of like to have fun with the bathrooms so we play around the tiles and you know what brandon turner says too from bigger pockets he mentioned this if the deal doesn't work change your numbers Right? Yeah. Make, make the deal work right and make the deal work and put the offer in and see what happens and yeah. you never know like yeah. let's say a one out of four will actually agree right and right you just, just got a good deal hopefully <laughs> your numbers yep. right. yeah yeah i think more people need, need to try that especially during the bad times right and it might be coming you never know especially right now maybe tenants aren't paying rent so landlords might sell at a lower price they are. Uh, there are some people I just looking at MLS and I just see some properties come on market. But yeah. you see, the, like they did recently bought it in 2020, but now they're reselling it. And you can tell the price is lower than the price they actually bought it for. So you know uh, they need to sell. Yeah. Like, Ouch. Sorry to hear that, but okay. you know, here's an offer for you. Yeah. Yep. Those opportunities. So let's talk about that. So right now you you got this property here and yeah. you did remodeling. You remodeled bedrooms, bathrooms. You got it rented out. You have um, Bruce living there right now, right? This one. This one is uh, Ken. Yeah. Ken. Ken. Okay. Cool. And then they're living there, and they're they're the house hacker. Uh, right. And you guys are building wealth right now during this time. And when did you guys acquire this? Twenty nineteen. We bought this one in two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Two thousand eighteen. It took us a long time to fix because we were kind of new to the model of adding bathrooms. Okay. So we had to get permits for the bathrooms, and then hire contractors. It's it's really hard to hire contractors when you're out of the area. We're mainly in San Jose. Yeah. So find all new contractors in Redwood City. Um, so it's kind of expensive if, if you um, add bathrooms, average about $10,000 per bathroom. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. I think the current rate is 10,000 now because of the fact that the, all the materials went up like 35%, 40% just in general, just because yeah. of trade wars. And then of course, everyone's not working less just because COVID and the uh, contractors getting more expensive just because there's less, less contractors. Right, and they're, right. And they're busy, right? Yeah, they're all busy right now. Everyone wants to fix their house because they're at home. 
So yeah. they want to remodel their kitchen now all of a sudden. Are you sure you want them in your house though? Some people are like, I'll wait next year maybe. If I don't yeah. want them in my house right now. Yeah, some do, some do. Yeah. Some do. And I've seen too, like some contractors charge way more because they can. Like some contractors were charging like 25000 plus per bathroom. Mm-hmm. They go, I just can. That's all. Right. I'm busy. You either pay me or you don't, right? Yeah. They have a demand. Yep. They have a yeah. demand. So, yeah. yeah. So, those are rock stars. <laughs> a lot of our bathrooms are just rental grade. So, everything you see is, is it looks uh, it looks fancy. So, like this one it looks fancy, um, but it's really simple to set up. This is just a three piece shower that we buy for $500. They can glue that on in one day. Nice. Um, the, the shower glass door is $200. Only the vanity is expensive. The vanity is like $800. Um, the tiles are pretty cheap, three, four dollars a square feet. So we try to avoid putting in um, tile on the showers. That can get really expensive. Yeah, you have to curve it in too, make it like go drain the water nicely too. You need to yeah. pick smaller tiles and make it not slippery either. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, little work. Actually, remodel bathrooms. I actually, tore everything up myself and remodeled that stuff. It's hard work. <laughs> nice. Yeah, like remodeling is a lot of work to do it. Like I did two two places already, and it's just yeah. a lot of physical labor, and it, you get tired. And yeah. I think painting is one of the hard ones too. Yeah, it hurts your back. <laughs> hurts your back, yeah, because you're like this, and yeah. doing like so much square footage is just gets tiring. But it's a lot of fun to, to actually it remodel. I think learning how to remodel is really important because you can actually learn how long it takes, how yeah. to do it, what all the materials are, what the material cost is, and what the time right. is. So you know if a contractor handyman is actually charging you appropriately. Yeah. And they yeah. can't scam you now when you know what you're doing, but you let yeah. them do the work because it's it's hard labor. <laughs> yeah, you can watch and learn, but you, you yeah you don't have to jump in all the time. We like to jump in because we want to learn: are they doing it the right way? Just like you said, are they following the right process? Are they doing it up to code? Um, are they meeting our quality? Yeah, and you know some guys uh, they they kind of like go around the corners, make it really quick and easy for them. But there's yeah. some smart ways, and then there's some ways like why did you do it like that? Right, right. <laughs> And I think number one issue people run into is the cabinet tray. Like they're not aligning it properly, and when they open the doors, it actually runs into another door because it wasn't yeah. calculated correctly. Right, right. So yeah, we have where the dishwasher opens up and hits the cabinet, so it doesn't even open. Yeah, you're like, oops, I didn't think about that one. <laughs> that just comes with experience, though. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So if if we were more experienced, we we would have done this faster. It took us a year, a year to remodel this. Damn. So yeah. Our, our next house hack in San Jose, this one right here that I'm at. Uh, mm-hmm. Three thousand square feet. It only took us like four months to remodel the entire house, six bedroom, yeah. bathroom, um, because we got the experience. We got a little bit better, a little bit faster. We know the process now, so I would definitely recommend fixing your own house to learn, just to learn. You got any before and after pictures of that? Um, before, let's see, maybe, maybe, yeah. Let me see what's on our smug mug. Yeah, because it's kind of cool way too. Like if you're one thing you can think about promoting the way you can do it is like you put before and after pictures and you yeah. put Instagram and you're showing your renovations and you're showing before and afters. Yeah. And a lot of people love it because they love HGTV. They love seeing before and afters. And you see some of those flippers out there who are posting, they have like crazy amount of followers. That's true, huh? Yeah. To show more. Maybe this one will show some before and after. Yeah. Oh, do, you yeah. Follow, um, do you follow Investor Girl Brit on Instagram? Oh, yeah, yeah. She you see her stuff? She has like hundreds of thousands of followers. So if she sees us, hey, hi, how's it going? But <laughs> she's killing it on her yeah. foot. I think she, she a female that does construction. All right, where's your females at? Where's They're your all- wives at? Come on, wives. <laughs> yeah, so that's some photos from before. Um, this is the living room. So yeah, so we just remodeled everything. Who comes up with all the interior design, uh, coloring, the remodeling, the styles? Uh, we, we just follow the same format kind of like the gray gray walls gray flooring very similar format each time nice that's the easy yeah. way to easier way to do it because once you have a kind of set idea set tones mm-hmm. and set styles for each kind of style of the house yeah it's so much easier you already know your vendors to work with and mm-hmm. you can just you already know your pricing you're just basing on square footage now or cost per foot yeah right. exactly yeah we usually like fifty to hundred dollar per square foot Fifty hundred dollars per square foot. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. I think like, contractors are charging what three three fifty a foot now, or to four to five fifty a foot. I yeah. see some contractors charge eight hundred dollars a foot. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, ooh, that, <laughs> that hurts. That hurts really bad. Yeah, San Francisco is pretty expensive. Yeah, San Jose a little bit better, a little bit better with, with the pricing. You get like hundred dollars square foot. Yeah, that's cheap. That's yeah. really cheap. 
That's really good. That makes it more affordable to be able to, to actually do a flip right now or do a house hack. Yeah. And think before we're talking a little bit too, before, um, right now in 2020, is it really hard to flip? Right now it's, uh, it's extremely hard because there's not many sellers. So not many sellers in general. So even as a real estate agent, um, yeah, they, they don't have listings. Yeah, how's like, like for your business, how's all your sellers? Are they thinking about selling or they're waiting it out? Yeah, a lot of people are waiting it out and they're trying to time the market or else they don't need they don't want to move yet but yeah. the people who want to move they're like okay what do, what do i buy i'll move but you have to yeah. find me something to buy but there's right. no inventory, so you have to go dig farther and deeper to go find property for them yeah so it just takes longer now yep yeah everything's taking longer and longer it's hard to go see a house it's just hard to scatter everything so i think um right now it's hard to flip for us we weren't able to find much flips this year there's just no one really selling so less people to talk to yeah um, we do see more house hacks because we see like big houses. People don't like big houses as much as we do. So there's there's still houses, uh, five bedroom, six bedroom for a million, uh, like Daily City, uh, San Jose, even some parts of San Francisco, you can find four or five bedroom for about a million. That's a good way to go about right now, especially yeah, if they don't need the space. And usually people who have those probably bought it a long time ago and they're probably downsizing right now. Yeah. So then it's a good opportunity for you guys to go in with other partners to house hack those deals. And right. the numbers makes more sense. Yeah, the more rooms you get, the price actually gets a little cheaper sometimes. Yeah, yeah. The price per square feet gets lower when it's yeah. bigger. Yeah. You're actually getting a better deal. Yeah. And then one of the hardest part about house hacking is getting into a conventional loan. So we're trying to figure that part out, how to refinance into a conventional loan um, because we don't have W-2 income. We are self-employed and the banks are very strict on self-employed. So with anyone that does have W-2 income, I would recommend buying a house hack with a conventional loan right away uh, and not buy with hard money like us because you kind of get stuck with hard money after a while. That's true. Even if you have a relationship with it, um, there are some banks who used to use stated incomes yeah. or banks who use relationship incomes uh, based on your incomes. Mm -hmm. But then it's just harder nowadays to do that and qualify, especially with a conventional loan. You, you're qualifying with 765, 500 max around. Yeah. And you have to downpay the rest, which is usually 20, 30, 35% up, right? In, right. The Bay, in the Bay Area. So then you need uh, good capital to do that. And yeah. if you get a second, second loan or hard money, but if you're self-employed again, then it gets a lot trickier. Yeah. Because you want all that proof of funds, right? And right. your um, tax history, which is kind of complicated, just yeah. the fact of your income fluctuating so quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hard money loans, and you're probably using Brenda from Conventus. Yeah, yeah, Brenda Conventus. Uh, yeah, she she's a lot good. of ideas. Yeah, so she's pretty good. They're fast, ten days. Um, we really like their process. Nice. She was just on uh, last week on the podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we talked about her and like letting her know that, like, hey, you're coming on today. So it's kind of cool because we could see uh, the circle in the Bay Area of how everyone's uh, helping each other to yeah. do real estate deals. Yep. Yeah, that's what I love about the real estate investment community. Everyone really wants to help each other. It's not like we're in the tech business where there's there's privacy rights or things like that, where you can't even talk to other companies. In real estate, we're sharing everything. We're open book. Yeah, we want to show you how to not lose money, how to save money, how to buy it the right way. So, yeah, that's the coolest part about real estate. I think that's the best way too, because if you look at like, uh, even if you look at Brandon Turner and Bigger Pockets, he has like hundreds of thousands of followers on his yeah. Instagram and his social media and on their podcast. It's like millions of downloads, right? Right. So we yep. just got to keep doing this every day and just keep promoting and showing uh, what we're doing in real estate, so yeah. that way people under uh, can learn more about you, what you guys are doing, and how to join in. And how often are you guys doing events right now? Um, right now, uh, we kind of pause on the events. It's kind of hard to set it up. We just join a lot of other people's events. There's, there's always uh, other online meetups that we can join. So yeah, like this one where we can just speak and reach out more people. That's a great way to do it too. And like, you know, hosting Zoom events, hosting mastermind events, or even some bigger events. Like yeah. uh, some of our team actually hosts events and we try to we try to host events like every month, every quarter. Mm -hmm. uh, even some of the events, they have like thousands of people online. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's crazy, right? You thousands have of people. <laughs> thousands of people online watching the show. Yeah. And actually, that, Asian Hustle Network's been really good at hosting yeah. uh, weekly mixers. So I really right. like joining those every Thursday. Yeah, You're the moderator for uh, some of the mixers, right? Yeah, yeah, I was a model last time. So it's kind of fun, we meet people in other states. And then the, everyone is always interested in real estate. So that's that's the, that's the another cool thing about real estate. You can't get away from it. 
Uh, everyone needs a house to live. Everyone needs needs to rent a house. There's there's always real estate somehow. So I'm sure your dinners too are associated around talking about real estate and <laughs> everything about investing, right? Real estate and taxes. That's real estate and taxes. Favorite topics. <laughs> oh man, taxes. That was, that's a fun topic too. But yeah, real estate is a, a lot of fun. And even for our dinner tables, we always talk about real estate all the time. Yeah. It's a great way. And like, yeah, Asian Hustle Network, a lot of agents, a lot of podcast hosts, a lot of yeah. people who are into real estate throughout the world, right? Right, right. Yeah. And some of your friends too on um, there who are flipping houses or even others in other countries who are dealing with pa talking about passive incomes. Yeah. That's a yeah. fun way to go about it. Yep. Yeah. People do some very interesting things like Brian Pham's buying multi units in other, other states. Yeah, it's good cash flow. So real estate you can do anywhere. And uh, we like to do in the Bay Area because we can kind of control it, drive to it. But the cash flow is really good in other states. You can you can get like 10 cap and, and still get appreciation. Yeah. So we can talk about syndication for you later too. Like, you know, going into real estate syndication and just using your experiences to buy multi units out of state as well. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to figure out how to syndicate even the house hacks um, yeah. because we're getting an average of 1%. We're hitting that 1% rule. Yeah. Right. So let's say we buy a house for a million, we can hit about 10,000 in rents. Yep. So that's the 1% rule. So if we can figure out how to syndicate Bay Area. That'd be cool. That'd be a really good way. You can talk to, uh, we actually have syndicators coming on next week. We have a uh, syndicator next Wednesday and those Wednesday after that. And yeah. then I'm also a syndicator too. Nice. So then we can talk to syndicators. You can ask them questions. You can talk yeah. to the syndicator lawyers. Actually, um, plan to try to get, you know, Gene Tobridge and other syndicators online as well yeah. and lawyers and just talk about syndication, talk about investing, talk about JVs, talk about how to deal with that in the Bay Area or out of state. Like yeah. my goal as a syndicator is to go out of state by multi-units. I yeah. saw some properties, for example, 20 units for a million dollars. 20 units? <laughs> yeah, for a million dollars. It was like $50,000 a door, but your rent is like at least $500 a door to $750 a door. Yeah, and so about 10, 10 11, 10, 15,000 a month. Yeah, so then for example, you're gonna start off with an average of 8% to 10% cap rates, yeah. and then you're gonna be able to grow it, add value to it. Even right. with COVID, you take the occupancy rate, and calculate it down, take risk factors into property management. Yeah. Like good numbers better than uh, some other areas by far. Yeah. Very nice. Hmm. It's just a matter of the numbers and what makes sense and taking the risk and say, hey, it's out of state. Here's where I'm comfortable with. Or here's who I know, my boots on the ground, and I trust yeah. them and just yeah. make financially the numbers make sense. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I mean, even a house hack. Yep. The smaller price points. So you get similar numbers. So what you know, you do you go in, you fly in, you go remodel all the unit, 20 units, and then come back out. Yeah, <laughs> you just have, uh, have a controller over there, manage all the GM stuff, you know? Yeah, all right, we'll find out there next week. Yeah, we can do that later. We'll talk about that. But in the Bay Area, we should definitely talk about how to syndicate in the Bay Area and how to do house hacking syndications and build yeah. a group together who can fund it. Right, yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. I think we're always going to have a demand for affordable room rentals. So even if the market crash or economy crash, people will always go to what's affordable. Yeah, so 1,300 bedroom is always affordable for most people, right? Most yeah. of the population. That's why the multi-units in the Bay Area are doing well still because they yeah. have two bedrooms, four bedrooms. Some places I run out for other clients is like, you know, four bedrooms, six bedrooms, and they're getting really good rents. And if you yeah. say 1350 as an average, that's really nice numbers on a multi-unit. Hopefully they bought it. Uh, but at a good price. Bring back one point, like when I first started real estate, I helped my one of my clients, he bought and he, he wanted to buy a single family home. I said, don't do that. At the price point right now, 2008, let's go buy yeah. you a four unit building for the same price. I bought him a four unit building and his unit had three bedrooms. The other three units wow. had one bedroom, two bedrooms. Yeah. Um, you got three, two, four, one. Yeah, like eight bedrooms for 1.1 million. Nice, that's really and good. Unit, you know, four car garage in, yeah. in a really good district in San Francisco. So it's wow. worth like three plus right now. Yeah, three plus. Yeah. Wow. So two million equity, just like that. Yeah, just like that over time. It's like, he's like, he has his own house inside of a four unit, if you think about right. it. Right? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's master house hacking right there. House hacking four unit. Yeah, that is fun. I house hacked a multi-unit too. Yeah. And some of my other clients, I get them to a lot of multi-units in the SF because yeah. we thought about that way during the 08, 09, 10 times. Yeah, that was perfect timing, man. So that's hard though. He's going to give you half of the equity for finding him that deal. I wish I hope my doctors do. I found out one before like 2.4 million. They didn't buy it, but today's worth over six. I'm like, oh. you know, like come on. If I, I should have borrowed your money, man. I should have yeah. thought about <laughs> money, doing it myself or calling you to do it. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So, There's some really good deals back then. So even today, like in 2020, the 
deals are there if you find yeah. it and you make the numbers right. work. It's just harder to find. It's not impossible. Right. There's still risk involved, whether it's now or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the risk is different because you're in a pandemic versus uh, economic times because of financial crisis versus pandemic crisis, right? But the opportunity there. How do you feel about that new uh, eviction law? Mm-hmm. They're banning all evictions in California. How do it's you feel tough. about that? As an investor, I hate it, right? It's tough as an investor because you're yeah. like, you're, where is the capitalism in this? How can I own this house and you have full control of my house? And yeah. I'm paying this much money, so you have full control. It doesn't make right. sense to me in the number sense. There's still good opportunity because you still can make good money, mm-hmm. but you have to follow so much more restrictions and guidelines that yeah. you have to calculate that risk involved to it. And right. then the trade off is do you buy Bay Area or do you go buy out of state? Yeah. You might have a lot easier, but remember the equity gain on out of state versus gain here is way different. Yeah, like so here in here, you gain huge amounts of equity really quickly. In yeah. the out of state, you might not gain any equity. You might gain a little bit, but you're yeah. going um, income in cap rates versus equity and income, right? Right. So do you think do you think that will affect landlords and they'll start unloading their properties because they can't evict their tenants anymore? Um, some, I think some will get frustrated with it and just say, you know what, it's not worth it. It's not for me. I'm out. Yeah. Some others will be like, you know, I'm getting paid rent period. Um, I'll, I'll deal with it and hopefully yeah. they, it becomes fair, but it's not fair. Like it's not fair because some people are actually abusing it. It's yeah. fair in general. Okay. But if you're abusing it, it's not fair to people, the owners, you know, right. Right. And putting a lot of pressure on the small property owners versus putting it back on the government and the politicians, yeah. right? Why they right. put it on us? That's not yeah, fair. Exactly. Yeah, you know, all the small businesses are getting hurt. All the small property owners are getting hurt. How about big businesses? How are they doing? They're doing fine. Yeah, right? yeah, they have plenty of money. Yeah, they don't get hit this hit the same way. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's a little challenging there, but hopefully, you know, things work out. But I know it's t- it's getting tougher and tougher right now. Yeah. So the numbers have to make more sense now. Right, right. And let's see, but I would still buy if I find a good property in a good area that makes money. I'll still buy it. Yeah. And, you're going for the long haul because how often how can you buy in san francisco it's hard to buy properties in san francisco in general in the bay area right yeah if you get good locations you're not going to be able to build brand new developments every day next door there's so much limited space yep just keep it forever huh yeah so even for you guys like you guys mentioned keeping those properties as you keep house hacking just keep keeping them as long as you can yeah because you think about too i think one of one of the big investors were talking to me about uh real estate he's a big syndicator he's like you think about the world the world is doubling in people right over time it's going to be doubling where's all the houses is the houses going to double in the bay area no it's not going to double right and then what happens to the house there's going to be more demand as demand. People, yeah as people keep getting older and older all the generations uh after us mm-hmm. so many more kids in, in the future right now you have a pandemic so you're slowing down the kids but yeah. in the future there's still going to be a lot of people even if people downsize and move out in the world, there's not that many houses in the world, right? Yeah. You're gonna yeah. run out, run out sometime. So the houses should get more expensive, and as the incomes keep kind of growing for the future of technology and everything, then mm-hmm. they can afford to pay it. Yeah, especially for Bay Area, such limited resource here. Yeah, you see the house prices for the Bay Area are pretty expensive right now, right? They're still yeah, it's too expensive. <laughs> it's too expensive. Hitting like you know, average. Like, what's the average right now? You see. Around San Jose is still hitting a million, a million one just for yeah. a like, four bedroom, two baths. So, what was it in 08? Do you remember what, what was it in 08? 08, if I remember correctly, because I, I bought one in Mopitas, 680. 680. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, let's say 10 years now, it, it pretty, almost, it's pretty much doubled. Almost. Yeah. Double. Uh, your job income doesn't double like that in 10 years. You right. Know? <laughs> <But> <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious now with the price is so high, do you think it could still has the potential to double in the next 10, 20 years? Probably not in 10 years, maybe because of the pandemic, everything, probably not in 10 years. You have to wait yeah. for the like true technology, true AI and everything. Like let's say 20 years from now. Yeah. Probably would if there's not enough room to grow anywhere. Right. Like, right. Right. It can go way higher than it currently is. Yeah. Even think about like sunset district, sunset district was back then. I was like, what? Say 750 to a million on average. Right. Now you're hitting like 1.4, 1.2 right now, but 1.4 to 2 million and some houses in sunset were selling for 2.5 million. You're like, <laughs> and so it was a crazy flip. So a couple yeah. of crazy flips, like how did they hit that number? Right. Yeah. And they, they, the sellers are surprised how they hit that number. They thought they get two point yeah. one. They got two point five. That's that's not bad. Extra four hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. So people are paying for it. They want the yeah. nice new remodel houses, good location, hopefully parking, yeah, and have fun, right? But I don't know how they pay for that. And hopefully nothing happens right now that they can still yeah. afford it. Right. But that monthly is crazy. Yeah, it's like ten, fifteen thousand a month in property tax and everything. <laughs> yeah. How do you yeah. pay for that? Like, 
no matter how much money you make, just the fact that you're spending that much money on a house yeah. is adds up really quickly. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess people still have money overall because I still see houses go pending three million, even like Saratoga, Palo Alto, Mountain View, two, three million still still pending. Yeah. Like what are they doing? What what do, what are they doing that we don't know about? <laughs> seeing that. All right, man. It's almost about time to wrap up. But how can people start reaching out to you and what can they do to learn more about what's going on? Yeah, so um, everyone can join our, our public Facebook group. It's called Bay Area House Hackers. Bay Area House Hackers. Um, follow me online, Tomas, the builder, T-O-M-A-S, the builder, T-H-E, and then builder. So follow me, email me, reach out. Uh, I'd love to share uh, all of our videos, content, everything, and even give you a tour if you want to see our house hack. Uh, maybe a virtual tour since since uh, safer, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to give them a pizza for them if they want to look at your house. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, so cool. reach out and uh, we'll, we'll help you uh, get that house hack of yours. So definitely, we got to make sure we reach out to Tom. And even for myself, I want to learn more about house hacking and what you're doing, the numbers you're looking at, and how you're yeah. looking at the Bay Area. Because mm -hmm. what you're doing, it makes sense. It just got to get more people to get get on board and to be educated about that. But I right. hope we'll see you at many more events. Um, we're going to have upcoming events as well. and. Right. Just gotta educate everyone out there to see what's going on in the industry of building real estate, passive income, and wealth. Yeah. Um, so for everyone out there, check out our podcast on the Truth About Real Estate on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, uh, Google Podcasts, and more. And check out our YouTube station as well. But check it out, podcastmatthewma.com, and we'll see you guys soon. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. It was an honor to uh, join you today. Thanks, man. It's a lot of fun. We're gonna see you on another episode because we have a lot more to talk to you about. <laughs> Absolutely. See you All soon. Right. Take care, guys. Okay. Bye bye.